Welcome to the Happy Yard Line. I'm Tim. I'm Luke. And welcome to another of our division-by-division wrap-ups of the first leg of free agency going every division around the league here over the next couple of days. Um, Please do follow us on the social medias at at Half Yard Line Pod on Twitter and Instagram, Half Yard Line Pod at gmail.com for the email. And catch each and every one of these divisional uh, recaps on your favorite podcast app. And while you're there, leave us a rating, a review, like, subscribe, whatever your favorite podcast app has available for you. That's always really helpful for us on the algorithms that decide how successful we are as human beings. Um, Luke, today we talk about the NFC West, um, not perhaps the best division in football. No, although in the NFC, probably the best one. I don't. I mean, it's we did talk about the uh, East on a separate they? podcast. I, it's probably the best division, but it's not like the NFC is swimming in options right now. It's a time of change <laughs> in the National Football Conference. Yeah. Um, well, on that note, let's start with the worst team in this division. Actually, when I say worst team, I'll say worst team by record because I think the Rams may end up being even worse last this year than they were last year. But last year, <laughs> the basement dwellers in the National Football oh. Conference West was the Arizona Cardinals. We Indeed. spoke about their travails on our off-season preview podcast talking about the Cardinals. There's one of those for all 32 NFL teams. So if you haven't checked those out, please do so, especially if you like listening to us talk about how terrible the Cardinals are. Um, Their free agency period so far, Tim, a lot of, eh, um, a team that's really hitched to the arm and legs of Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray has a torn ACL. Kyler Murray's not going to be back until halfway through the season. The Cardinals have got a new GM. They've got a new coach. They didn't have much cap room. They've had a bunch of guys retire. Um, and the guys that they brought in, it's a couple of names people will know. Kelvin Beecham has come back on a two-year deal. He's a decent tackle. They brought Will Hernandez back, who started a lot last year for this team. I guess the biggest name in the free agent class is probably Kaiser White, who comes over from the Eagles. Kaiser White, yep. This is a team that has been stockpiling off-ball linebackers for some unknown reason. They continue that trend by bringing across Kaiser White. Aside from that, a fairly underwhelming group of role player type dudes, a lot of whom weirdly have played for the Eagles at some point, but uh, not the most overwhelming group that you feel like is going to move the needle much in the desert. Really, um, more like roster filling you're to not, me, almost. You're not in for it on Zach Pascal being the uh, no. They did sign second coming. They signed Dennis Daly from my Titans. I have literally no earthly idea why. Um, this is a guy who played <laughs> just, every no game ever left the Titans play one game last of season was I will use these I will not use these terms too often on this podcast Tim fucking dog shit is what he was last year we <laughs> having recorded this podcast with you for the better part of a year now I can tell you the only added word there was dog you yeah that's why I said I don't do, yeah that's true um he was awful for awful 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 um anyway you referred to him several times last year as the worst tackle in football he was he was the worst tackle in football last year yeah anyway they brought him in he might play guard for some reason they've signed him to a two-year contract I don't really understand that one. Regardless, point being, the incomings for the Cardinals, not not very interesting. Kaiser White was the only one that I had as a person of interest, really. Yeah, the only thing I, I can think, and I'm going to be a little generous because, hey, you know, we're, we want to provide hope to all our listeners, even the ones who have terrible teams to root for. 
the Cardinals made they've got twenty two million dollars in cap space after all of the non signings and the people who have left and you know I mean the their second yeah. biggest re their second biggest re signing was Matt Prater who is a you know thirty nine year old kicker kicker so not done much yet but sometimes teams hang out and and kind of chill through the first week and a half of free agency. Let guys get disappointed by contract offers and then kind of swoop in and do some value plays. The The Cardinals need so much. I almost wonder if if that was the, like we're not going to be able to go after anybody huge this year. Let's try to get a couple of guys in that five to seven million space in week two that we're hoping to get 10 to 12 million and it didn't quite work out for them. Yeah, that's fair. And also they're picking third in the draft. That's either a premium player or trade back which I think is the must-do for Monty Ossofort, who's the new GM there coming over from my Titans. And yeah, this was more just getting the gaps filled. I mean, they had eight free agent offensive linemen coming into this offseason, so they've re-signed two of them. Uh, the others either moving on or as yet unaccounted for. And they also had four linebackers as free agents. So they're bringing Kaiser White. So maybe it's just a little bit more. We fill gaps and we signed some guys around the edges. Mentioned Daly, signed LJ Collier from the Seahawks, who was a first round pick who never really panned out there. You mentioned Pascal. Um, aside from that, it was really just a little bit of a a fiddling, as I mentioned. Um, the Rams. The, the one Tim. thing I would oh, note yeah, on there, on. sorry, very quick. They didn't sign, but they lost. Was Zach Allen at defensive end? JJ yes. Watt obviously was a big retirement for them. So now you're losing both Zach Allen and JJ Watt um, as your edge kind of position players in this def- defense. Be very interesting to see how you take a team that was as I believe you said fucking dog shit um, <laughs> as the Cardinals were, and you subtract a Hall of Famer and Zach Allen and add Kaiser White. I, clearly, they're not getting better. I mean, I think. Th- so far, this has been a bad offseason for the for the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, it almost seems like this year is going to be a little bit of a just see how we get on and hope for the best and we'll come back next year a little bit better and brighter. 2022 Texans? Yeah, could be. Could be. Um, although they're only picking second at the end, so not great for them. But um, enough about the Cardinals. They're pretty uninteresting right now. The Rams, Tim, they are interesting, but in a way which I don't think they would have expected coming off the Super Bowl very recently. F them picks. Um, yeah, F them picks. Well, we've already gone, you know, explicit on this podcast, so we can say fuck them picks. The picks were fucked. Yeah, they were sent to others. Their players were brought in. Um, acquisitions for the Rams. Uh, it's a pretty bare cupboard when you look at it. They brought in Hunter Long, but in order to do that, they traded their superstar quarterback, Jalen Ramsey, and they re-signed Coleman Shelton, who's an offensive lineman. The losses is the headline. They cut most human beings that were on the roster a year ago or traded them away mentioned Ramsey Bobby Wagner A. Sean Robinson Leonard Floyd Matt Skura even Tim Baker Mayfield not safe even the kicker David Matt Long Gay, Malcolm not Brown safe. John Wolford Taylor like, Rapp Nick Scott list. they've lost everybody <laughs> I mean I'm pretty sure this is their entire defense Greg Gaines is gone like this is I don't know Troy who's Hill. left yeah so certainly a strange <laughs> position we mentioned on the Rams preview podcast we did that they've got five guys, I think, who are all on 20 million plus a year or something nuts, although I think that number's probably down to a couple now because they've got rid of a few. Um, it's down to three, but at uh, least they're good. Coop, Stafford Cooper Cup, Cup Aaron Donald, yeah. Matt Stafford. That's not bad. <laughs> Unfortunately, those three guys can't win you many games on their own, um, even as good as they are. A lot of teams talk about, or a common refrain is, oh, we're addition by subtraction. Like, we're, adi- we're adding by subtracting. The Rams are subtracting by subtracting. So yes, they're going to go yeah. into next season 
barren at most positions. They haven't got any high draft picks at this point in time. Even trading Ramsey, as I mentioned, only gets them a mid-round pick. I don't know where they're going to go from here. Have you got anything to say about the Rams apart from what the hell are they going to do next year? They're my favorite uh, current predicament team in the NFL. They have $11,257,000 in cap space. The NFL minimum contract this year is something like $700,000. They have 44 active players on the roster. They require nine more to fill out the roster, which means they can offer like two contracts greater than the NFL minimum to fill the roster. And they have $9 million in projected draft capital. So if you take the $9 million they have in projected draft capital, and sorry, this is not the pre the off season preview, but you know, bear with me here. That's 11 players. So, they are, first of all, they are in danger of not being able to sign a full roster. They're going to have to cut some of their draft picks because they don't have room for all of the, <laughs> the cap hit. And they're not even picking high. That's the thing, the draft hit. They're the, cap hits for, the cap hits for the drafted players are third round, fourth round contracts. Like, they don't even have enough space for that. It's, they have one, two. It's mental. Oh, they got two now? Okay, well. They got a two. Pick 36, baby. Oh, they have their own two. Okay, I didn't realize that. So, anyway. uh as far as free agency goes, not much to talk about for the Rams. They are going to be in a peck of trouble. Um, I'm sure we'll we'll talk more about them throughout the offseason. Moving on to slightly more favorable waters up in the Pacific Northwest, Tim. The Seahawks, pod favorite Seahawks. The big headline of their offseason was re-signing Gino. We talked about that on the preview pod that we did. As far as free agencies, Gino. as far as free agencies concerned, they've added Draymond Jones, the big name coming over from the Broncos Denver. Um, a really good interior defensive lineman who's got some pass rush ability they let go Shelby Harris they let go Quinton Jefferson they let go Al Woods so that's an obvious need area that they've created by some releases and then they've added in a very very high quality player in that position what's uh, taking your fantasy around the Seahawks which is not a real bird it is not a real bird um, I have to tell you I've been very sad. Devin Bush, uh, inside linebacker, formerly of my Pittsburgh Steelers, a first-round draft choice, a first-round draft choice we traded up to take, who we almost, which we almost never do as a franchise, um, had an excellent rookie year, tore his ACL, was never the same player. We were not able to retain him this offseason because the Seattle Seahawks put up a contract he couldn't possibly refuse of a whopping one-year $3.5 million. And as a Steeler fan, all I can think is, we didn't have $3.5 million for Devin Bush. Well, you spent it on um, other linebackers, I, to be fair. Yeah, I got a soft spot for our draft picks, though. We don't normally let guys like this walk out the door. And then that was a sad one for me. But, you know, listen, I, not much going on there. I, I do love when teams um, keep random players around. And we, we, we do love a good backup quarterback in – the, on the half-lard line here. And so Drew Locke keeping his backup job, um, certainly not the job he had hoped for when he came in here last year um, as part of the Russell Wilson trade, hoping to take over the starting job, only to be thwarted by Geno Montana and his comeback player of the year campaign. Uh, will be interesting to see uh, if he's ever given another opportunity. Only 26 years old. Uh, I think people don't realize he got given up on real early in that whole deal. Yeah, second-round pick. Um, 
I always had some accuracy issues. A little bit of a gunslinger. Maybe he could develop into a Taylor Heineke. Maybe that's his uh, his route down the road. We can the only hope. Yeah, if the we can get guy, more they, Taylor Heineke's in the world, that'll be a great day. The other guy they brought in that I think we're both big fans of is Julian Love, who they signed safety, who was playing for the Giants last year, who was excellent. Not yep. um, much come out in the way of contract details around that one, so I'm not sure, but there were some rumblings around, well, they've got Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs who have big contract hits. Is this a threat to them? Reality is I think this will just free them up to use Adams when he comes back from the tour and quad as more of like an orthodox box safety type guy and just let him do what he's good at, which is not not really coverage. So a good addition, I think Love is a, is a really, really good player. Him and Jones, both good additions to that defense, as well as Bush. Maybe they hope for some production there. We mentioned when we talked about the Giants that they got shoved around by the Eagles uh, in that postseason game that they lost. I think the Seahawks had the same experience with the 49ers where their linebackers got oh, yeah. gashed, gashed and gouged. Jordan Brooks coming back from the torn knee. Hopefully he's back to full health. And if Bush, again, a guy who's had a torn knee in the past, can get up to some... Uh, something like full speed or full go probably a good addition for them in the linebacker room worth noting luke they didn't lose a ton in free agency in the first bit of free agency certainly many players still out there for them and 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 they were an improved team i mean they were obviously not a top you know 10 team or anything like that and they have places they want to get better at uh but i mean i think the biggest losses for them as an organization i mean you know what they lost a couple running backs, I guess, if you want to say Travis Homer and Rashad Penny, um, both leaving, but neither of those were obviously key participants on the team last year. Uh, and they, first of all, it's easy position to replace, but they've got others uh, on the roster. Um, Cody Barton was a linebacker for them who was signed by the commanders. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, not a ton of talent walking out of the door in Seattle. It'd be interesting to see what they do uh, as we move through free agency, if they bring back some of the bigger name free agents that they've had. Um, who are still kind of on the outside looking for deals. Yeah, for sure. I think the the spaces they've created, the holes they've created in terms of guys that have left were by choice, right? Mentioned Harris, Jefferson was guys that they actually got rid of voluntarily as yeah, opposed to having right, to get rid them. of. Right, yeah. um, and the other thing obviously worth mentioning with Seattle is that they've got a pretty nice draft situation up there in the Pacific Northwest thanks to the Russell Wilson trade. So you can go, well, we can draft first round players. We don't necessarily need to bring all our free agents back, even if we like them, because we're about to have very high picks for guys we can uh, bring into the fold. Uh, another draft like the one they had last year in Seattle will be sitting pretty uh, in 2023. The team that sat very pretty in 2022 and partway into 2023 was the division winning San Francisco 49ers, a team that has not done too much crazy in the free agency period, really. Um, from an incoming perspective, aside from the big name, which was Javon Hargrave, who they brought in on the four-year $84 million deal. 40 of that is guaranteed. A lot of the other guys that they've signed, some some not really household names. The biggest other one in this, maybe to Sean Gibson, who they brought back the safety who played for them last year, and Sam Donald, who they brought in on a one-year deal, ostensibly as the backup or maybe even the third stringer. It's weird to bring in a guy with four and a half million bucks to not be one of your top two quarterbacks so I have to assume he's going to be the backup and they're worried about either Hurts sorry Lance getting hurt not Hurts getting lanced um, or (laughs) Brock Purdy's elbow surgery recovery not going very well maybe he's uh, looking to be the new Jimmy G out there in in the left coast yeah to, to me I think the quarterback room here first of all I think they've demonstrated it does not matter who plays quarterback for them at some level um and so what you're trying to do is make sure you have you know, bodies back there who can do the things you need them to do. 
both Trey Lance and um, Mr. Irrelevant are coming off of injuries. You don't know how those healing processes are going to go. Uh, having another qualified arm uh, in the backfield there is going to be key for them. The, you need guys in that room. He didn't – I mean, $4.5 million, certainly more than you want to pay your third-string quarterback, but it's not a prohibitive deal in the NFL given where the salary cap is. I think smart to bring another veteran in there who can um, you know, get it done uh, if the team around him is good. I think if Sam Darnold's called into action – Later this year, we're all going to watch him play and go, well, why didn't he do that when he was with fill-in-the-blank before? Um, you know, right. So he's coming from Carolina, obviously, though I'll never think of him as a Panther, always uh, a failed New York quarterback. So, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, I think it's uh, insurance policy, and we've seen, you know, the Niners of all teams know the value of having an insurance policy at quarterback because they had, you know, 50 of them last season and had to go to an injured Purdy in the playoff game. So need for depth is not you something there unfamiliar with you know who i think the underrated signing of this this class is for them who's that it's cleland farrell so the number huh. of overdrafted players players who come in and get drafted high and then have all this expectation piled up on them and then they 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 don't have the best first year and then they're a bust and they're a draft bust and they end up leaving their team after three or four years um and then they catch on somewhere as an underdog Right, catch on somewhere as somebody without high expectations on a one-year, two and a half million dollar prove it deal, um, and are reinvigorated, given the opportunity. You know, no one hates us. No one hates me yet. No one's picking on me for being the number one pick. I, I think that guy's always had talent. He's always had ability. For whatever reason, it never stuck in Vegas. I, I really think there's an opportunity for Cleveland Farrell um, to come out and in a t- defense that's already very good. Um, he's almost certainly coming off the bench. You know, to be able to come in, face some second stringers, face some guys who retired, face some guys who got beat up by a great defensive front already. You may see a breakout year from Cleveland Farrell. So that's the one no, I'd watch out for. No, that's a, that's a really good call. I mean, like you mentioned, if you're facing off against Eric Armstead, Nick Bosa, and Javon Hargrave as well, you are certainly not going to be circling Cleveland Farrell as a, someone to worry about. He'll get a lot of one on ones, get some chances to roll through. They lost Charles Amenahu and Samson Ebercam. Uh, as free agents to the Col- to the Chiefs and Colts, respectively. So maybe he wants to slot into that kind of role, gives him some rotational edge rush. I think that's that's a really good call. Um, but yeah, this is not a team that needed to blow things up. They lost a few guys. They brought a few guys in. I think quarterback remains the big question mark, but what else is new? And uh, maybe it's Sam Darnold, Tim. Maybe Sam Darnold's the next Joe Montana. Maybe. He's not. No, but anyhow, that'll do it for us. Wrapping up the NFC West, four teams um, of the four. I think there's one good one and three mired in some sort of dis- I think the Seahawks are good. Or another. But we'll see. I think the Seahawks have an opportunity to be good. I, I worry about the Seahawks, Luke. This could be a team who overperformed last year. Is kind of the darling of the league. Comes in with some expectations this year to, you know, kind of finish at or above five hundred and a nine ten wins, and it gets off to a rough start and things kind of implode. And I, I hope not. Um, certainly rooting for Geno Montana and, and crew out there. Uh, but we'll see as we move forward towards the 2023 NFL season. And as we do, please do check out the remainder of these pods uh, on the divisions beginning of free agency. Do like and subscribe uh, to the podcast. Give us a rate, review, follow us on the socials at Half Yard Line Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Email us at halfyardlinepod at gmail.com. We'd love to interact with our fans in that way. It really helps us out um, on the algorithms. Uh, if you're enjoying what you hear here and you want to help us out, uh, that's a great way to do it. Uh, But until next time, uh, we'll catch you later. See ya.